welcome back to Disney Dollars, the one and only business-focused Disney podcast that we know of. How are you? Oh, my cat is also doing an intro. That's great. Breadsticks, do you want to say hi? <laughs> oh, he's saying hi. All right. Let me mute my phone. I can't mute the cat. He's, you know, he has free will. He does what he wants. We just have to deal with that. Um, how are you guys? How are you today? I am doing great. I went to a thrift shop and I found a timer that looks like a cow and whenever it hits zero, it moves and I bought it for a dollar and then I went on eBay after and discovered that they were selling for $18. So I got an 18X markup today um, and I'm very, very thrilled about it. Yeah. Today, we're going to talk about the Disney Investor Day call, uh, the 2020 Investor Day call. Here's the thing, though. I really don't feel prepared to talk about this um, because it was four hours long, and I just don't have the mental or physical stamina to pay attention for four hours. I took notes for like the first hour and 20 minutes. Um, I'm so sorry about my cat. I don't know why he's doing that. I'm traditionally someone who likes to be over-prepared. I always err on the side of more preparation than is necessary. I never do a phone call without writing out a script. I never do an interview without prepping for several hours. I've never had a conversation in my life that didn't get run through my head a few times before I did it. Um, so it's very uncomfortable for me to just kind of be sitting down here like, well, we're just going to say what happens. And it's also hard for me to pay attention because my boyfriend is making the most amazing smelling meatballs right now in our crock pot. And... Um, Mm, it's just hard to not just go stare at those because they smell so good. But anyway, uh, we're just going to see how this goes. Investor Day, like I said, it was four hours long. Um, let's talk about some of the big takeaways. First of all, a million bajillion things were announced. A lot to keep track of. Over the next few years, they are planning on all of these Disney Plus originals. They said 10 new Marvel series 10 new Star Wars series, 15 Disney Pixar series, and 15 Disney live action slash Disney animation slash Pixar features. And the intention is to release something new every week. So this is just a ton of content. Another thing that was talked about is that a number of films are heading to Disney Plus that were originally planned as theatrical releases, but now they're just going to be Disney Plus originals. Ryan the Last Dragon will be on Disney Premiere Access, which we experience with Mulan, at the same time as it is released in theaters in March. Do you guys think movie theaters are going to stick around? Sometimes I look at stuff like this and I just have trouble believing that movie theaters are going to continue to be the primary way that we consume new content. I feel like a combination of Disney deciding to release a bunch of its prior theatrical releases on Disney Plus Premiere Access and HBO announcing what was that this past week that they're going to release all of their films at the same time direct to consumer. It just, it just seems hard to believe that people are going to be like clamoring to go to movie theaters again. Maybe people will be so sick of being in their houses that they'll be like quick to do anything that involves going outside. I guess we will see. I think I personally still want to go to the movie theater. I would really like to see Raya on a big screen, especially because I would like to get a pretzel. <laughs> I really like movie theater concessions, even though they're expensive. So one interesting thing that came out of this is that Disney plus is doing really well. I know that we kind of knew that already, but their goals, Disney's goals for 2024 was for Disney Plus to have 60 to 90 million subscribers in 2024. Hulu, they wanted to have 40 to 60 million. 
ESPN Plus, they wanted to have 8 to 12 million. By 2024, I have to keep saying this, okay, because we got to put this in context. How many subscribers do we have right now? Disney Plus has 86.8 million subscribers. Hulu, 38.8. ESPN Plus, 11.5 million. What? We already hit the 2024 goals for everything except for Hulu. And frankly, Hulu is close enough, I think, that we just check the box and move on. Isn't that crazy? I don't know if they artificially set a lower goal than they thought that they could achieve to make them sound good for future investor day calls or what, but I was really blown away by how quickly um, it appears that direct-to-consumer has grown and how much better it's done than Disney expected at this point in time. They set their new goal for fiscal year 2024 to be 230 to 260 million subscribers total. And for reference, right now they have 137.1 million. So they're expecting this to basically double uh, in the next four years. So we'll see if they can do it. Frankly, I think they probably can. Because Disney Plus is doing so well, they are increasing the price to $7.99 to per month. Breadsticks hates that news. I'm not really surprised that they are doing this. I think we all knew it was coming. When Disney Plus was first announced, I thought it was way too cheap for the amount of content and for the brand recognition of Disney. So I'm not surprised that they've increased the price. Um, it's also increasing in other markets as well. I think in Europe, they said the price is increasing two euros. There was also some discussion about what's going to happen with adult content, which I personally have been very, very intrigued by. So it sounds like in international markets, there's going to be a separate platform. It's either a separate app or it will be integrated into Disney+, Plus, but it's going to fall under this Star brand. So Star is going to house like all of the adult Fox FX content. And then in the U.S., it sounds like all of that is going to continue to live on Hulu. I think those are the biggest announcements that aren't content announcements, which we will get into in a second. I wanted to point out that I actually was kind of impressed by Disney's leadership team on this call. None of them can present and they all stand really weird. So whoever is, whoever is coaching these people is just like bizarre because they all just spoke so robotically and stood with their legs so far apart. I was afraid that a couple of them were going to fall into a split. So whatever coach they have that's like telling them to do that. Interesting choice. Perhaps we need to tell them to close their legs a little bit more, but I think I'm just nitpicking. Um, but I was actually really impressed by how diverse the executive team is. I feel like we spent a lot of time trashing Disney's lack of diversity. And honestly, I have never really panned back and seen like what faces they have that they are projecting out to the public. And I was actually pretty surprised that it was not all identical white guys. There were quite a few women. I am in love with Kelly Campbell now. I want, I want to be her. I was going to say I want her to be my best friend. I think I just want to be her. Obviously, the executive team is still incredibly white, but at least we have Kareem Daniels. So I don't know. Maybe it will start to improve. I hope that it does. But it was better than I expected. <laughs> So I'm going to give them that. I also think it's awesome that we have a woman leading Lucasfilm right now because there has been so much gatekeeping in the Star Wars fandom for so long by little nerd boys. And it is so nice to see just a woman at the helm in control of the legacy. It's like, what are you going to say now? Nothing. You can't say a thing. You have to just suck it up and take it. Although I think a lot of diehard Star Wars fans are not really happy with Disney's control over it right now anyway. But that sounds like a you problem and not a me problem. So I don't really care. I continue to dislike Bob Chapek. And I, I hate that I don't like him. 
But I just feel like Bob Chapek is so uh, off-putting. I think it's probably the word that I want to go with. He just feels so off-putting. The second that the cameras turned on and it switched over to Bob Chapek, I was like, ugh. Oh, Here are all of the reasons why I don't like Bob Chapek, because I do think that it needs a little bit of explanation. So Chapek previously served as the chairman of Disney Parks. Prior to that, he was the chairman of Walt Disney Parks and Resorts. I would describe his leadership style as cost-cutting. Chapek was very, very obsessed in his park's tenureship with cutting costs to increase profit at the expense of the guest experience. This is why we started to see a lot of things like annual passes becoming more and more expensive. This is why we saw a ton of stuff cut out of Galaxy's Edge. This is where you get the infamous comment of something along the lines of like, we don't need entertainment in Galaxy's Edge because our cast members are entertainment. And it's like, oh, actually entertainment cast members are entertainment. Other cast members are supposed to do things like operate a cash register or make the ride run and not necessarily act like they are living on some kind of planetary outpost. Uh, different thing. And like, here's the thing. I'm obviously not against increasing profits. I'm not even against cost cutting. It's completely possible that Galaxy's Edge was out of control from a budget perspective and needed to have some things cut out of it. But I just feel like whenever you look at Chapek's legacy in parks, there's just like such a continuous pattern of sacrificing guest experience for the bottom line. And that's fine in the short term, but in the long term, it catches up to you whenever Disney parks are no longer anything special and instead just read like a general Six Flags or like your local amusement park that you go to in the summer with your family. And that's a really significant thing. It's really about that escapism and that level of immersion that you don't get anywhere else. And I just don't know if Chapek really ever understood that. And so it concerns me that he is running the entire company. And if I'm being honest, I don't know if Iger really ever understood that legacy either. I honestly think the last CEO to really understand and embody the spirit of Disney was Michael Eisner. I really think that Michael Eisner was the last time we saw a Disney executive embody the kind of fun and whimsicalness that a company like Disney that is targeting children needs to have combined with strong business sense. Ever since he left, the soul of Disney has really changed. It's tragic. Just tragic. I also kind of struggle with Chapek because he is, in my opinion, the least accessible Disney CEO I have ever seen. I feel like you look at Chapek and he does not read leader of a children's entertainment company. I feel like you look at Chapek and it's like you are in a boardroom. You are behind a giant desk. That suit that you're wearing costs hundreds of dollars. And all of those things are fine individually, but I just think that together... It just presents a really strange image because I don't think you can look at Chapek and be like, this is someone that totally looks like he is like a fun, family-focused <laughs> leader. Anyway, that's my Chapek mini rant. At one point in this live stream, Bob Iger appeared and I was like, what the heck? I thought you were gone now. I thought you were officially retired. Nope, here he is again. He just can't let go. But he popped up for a little bit and he said that the only difference between Disney Plus content and feature films is the length and not the quality. I hope so. I hope that that's true. Uh, he also said that it's really important to Disney that people are able to see themselves and their experiences reflected in the story. So they're really focusing on expanding the storytelling to show different experiences and perspectives. And I do think that that was reflected in the content that they announced. So let's go through some of the big ones. 
Okay, let's go ahead and start with Hulu because they started with Hulu. I love Kelly Campbell. I feel like I've never seen her before. I didn't know a thing about her. I looked her up. I'm obsessed with her. She just seems awesome, doesn't she? I looked her up on LinkedIn, and she was like a marketer for Google for like a decade and then moved over to Hulu. Look at her go. Look at her go. What a bright light, right? Uh, anyway, they didn't announce too many Hulu projects compared to everything else. They mentioned one comedy that has Selena Gomez in it, along with Martin Short and Steve Martin. I'm sure that I will adore it. They announced a new Theranos drama called The Dropout, starring Kate McKinnon. I cannot wait. There's also going to be a new opioid crisis drama called Dope Sick, which was shocking to hear the words dope sick on a Disney live stream, but here we are. New age adult content. It lives on Hulu or Star, depending on where you live. Handmaid's Tale is coming back for fifth season. I can't watch The Handmaid's Tale. It gives me nightmares. Oh, and the biggest, weirdest piece of news to come out of this. The Kardashians are making content for Hulu. What? Multi-year deal. Starts in 2021. What? So strange. Never thought I would see the Kardashians related to a Disney project, but here we are. Okay, let's move on to FX. FX, first of all, this segment started very strange because John Landgraf was the only person <laughs> to start his segment with the camera zoomed in really close to his face instead of just showing like his full body in front of a green screen. I was like, whoa, this guy, he just can't conform. He's got to be unique. Good for him. Good for him. Okay, so some of the significant things that FX announced. First of all, a TV series based on the Alien franchise. Sounds pretty exciting. I like it. Sometimes I feel like I get on this podcast and I suddenly take on the exact same energy level of Linda Belcher. And I don't really know what that is. I don't know what it is about this podcast. It just like brings out some kind of weird persona in me where I'm just like, hello, <laughs> let's talk about the Alien franchise. <laughs> Another thing that I thought was pretty interesting to come out of this, um, they're going to do a series called Shogun. And it is going to be sort of like the Game of Thrones of feudal Japan, I think, <laughs> sounds like the description. We'll see if they're able to deliver on that. Um, there's also new seasons of some shows, like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I kind of thought that it was over, but it's been renewed for four more seasons, so I guess it's not over. And I think that's really all I remember from this segment, but I feel like I already did better than I expected. Okay, Lucasfilm. Because the only really successful thing to come out of Disney Plus in its first year was The Mandalorian, we are going to ride that train right into the ground. We're just going to keep on going. We're going to have two new series that are spinoffs of The Mandalorian, Rangers of the New Republic and Ahsoka. Did I say that right? Don't know anything about them. Also, I closed my eyes during The Mandalorian trailer because we've seen, I think, one episode of Mandalorian season two before we got distracted by watching Stranger Things. So I didn't want to be spoiled. Baby Yoda's very cute. Remember how they completely fumbled it last year and didn't have any merchandise ready to go for The Mandalorian? Ha! But those were two of the things that were announced. There is also going to be a Rogue One spinoff series called Andor. I'm super excited for this. Rogue One, I think, is actually my favorite Star Wars movie, which is probably blasphemous. But I honestly love how dark it is. Um, I just, I thought it was super well done. And I'm really excited to see a spinoff series of it. Also very exciting for Star Wars fans, Obi-Wan Kenobi, a TV show. 
That's right. McGregor is returning as Obi-Wan Kenobi. And Hayden Christensen is playing Anakin again. And I am so, so, so excited. It's going to begin 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. Whew, I gotta, I gotta calm down. I feel like I'm just way too excited. I blame the cow timer, honestly. Once I found the cow timer, it was like my mood just... If I was at like a four, I was suddenly at a 10, you know? I really have not calmed down since the cow timer. Other things that were announced from Lucasfilm. An animated series called The Bad Batch. Don't know anything about it. Didn't know what was happening, but it played really awesome music during the trailer. So I think it's going to be cool. There's also going to be a new droid series called A Droid Story. The most exciting part of the Star Wars news for me was that Patty Jenkins of Wonder Woman is going to direct her own Star Wars feature titled Rogue Squadron. Uh, it's supposed to be about rebel fighter pilots. They're also working on a fifth Indiana Jones movie, which they say will be the final movie of the franchise. I thought the fourth movie was the final movie of the franchise, so I guess for this one it's just going to be the last one until we have a sixth one, and then that'll be the last movie. I think that's pretty much it for Lucasfilm's announcements. There was something about the Children of Blood and Bone, but I don't remember if it was going to be a series or a movie, so probably not worth me talking about because I don't know what's going on with it. Okay, National Geographic, another business unit apparently led by a woman. Exciting. They announced a bunch of stuff that I think unfortunately no one's going to care about because they don't really want to watch educational TV. But I thought that some of it sounded quite interesting. Like this feature documentary on Cousteau. They're also going to do a documentary called Secrets of the Whales. It looked great. Love some whales. Something called A Real Bug's Life, which is a nature documentary. And one thing that sounded very strange is this TV show called Limitless starring Chris Hemsworth, where he, I guess, tries to become young. I don't know. He like pushes his body to not age or something. So he does crazy things. It looks like he's fasting in the trailer. God bless him. Okay, I had to go eat some of those meatballs, so I took probably an hour-long break. Now I'm back to it. What was I talking about? National Geographic, which no one cares about. Let's hit on another topic that no one cares about, ESPN. What do they talk about in the ESPN segment? I genuinely have no idea. Um, this is what I wrote down in my notes. Three times subscriber growth. Going to keep leaning into sports betting. Reality show? Question mark. So <laughs> I know nothing about sports. So I was shocked to learn that there are reality TV shows about sports players now. There seems to be one for Tom Brady. There seems to be one for Peyton Manning. I feel like there was something involving Eli Manning. I think this is great. I think everything should have a reality TV show. I really do. I think it's really important that we understand what it's like inside the lives of these people. So that was ESPN. Let's go ahead and move on now to Disney Plus TV series. First of all, why would I want a prequel to Beauty and the Beast? Why? I'm still waiting for an answer. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Um, but apparently we're going to get one anyway, and it's going to star Luke Evans and Josh Gad as Gaston and LeFou, and I guess they're just going to be roaming around <laughs> having a good time together. Another thing that was announced that I am excited about, Swiss Family Robinson, apparently a new TV show. I love Swiss Family Robinson. I always love the treehouse. There's also going to be a TV adaptation of Percy Jackson in the Olympian series, which I think we already knew about. 
Also a really significant announcement, a Mighty Ducks series starring none other than Lorelai Gilmore. Lauren Graham is in it, which made me very happy. There were a few other things that they mentioned. One was a high school basketball themed series with John Stamos called The Big Shot. Another was something called Turner and Hooch, but I have no idea what it is. I just know that it stars Josh Peck. Probably the biggest announcement of the night, Disney announced plans for tons of new TV shows. The first one, Baymax, after Big Hair. 6. Next, Zootopia Plus. Woof! Are the furries going to be thrilled about that one? All the people who have the hots for Judy Hopps. Oh man, buckle up guys. I'm actually surprised that Disney is going there. I kind of thought that the reason why there was no like Zootopia sequel in the works or you know, there's rumors about Zootopia expansions for theme parks, but then it like never happens was because of how completely scary Zootopia fans are. Also, major drum roll, finally, a TV show called Tiana featuring uh, our favorite princess from Princess and the Frog. Yay, I'm so happy. Also, a TV series about Moana. Wow. So basically, I'm not going to watch anything except for Disney Plus um, in 2022 and 2023. Another thing I'm really excited about is this new science fiction series coming in 2022 called Owaju. It is a collaboration between Disney Animation and Pan-African Entertainment Company Kugali. And it looks like this really cool like Nigeria meets sci-fi themed series. It looks like it's going to take place in a futuristic version of Lagos. And like I said, coming out in 2022, pretty hyped. I think those were all of the major TV series that were announced, I think, I think. So we can probably move into movies now. Disney is making a sequel to Hocus Pocus. I'm assuming this will follow the same plot as the book Hocus Pocus 2, which follows Max and Allison's daughter, who has a girlfriend. The witches were kind of weak in it, not going to lie, but I still think you could probably make a good movie out of it. There's also going to be a remake of Three Men and a Baby starring Zac Efron. I feel like we knew about that already. There's also going to be a movie called Safety about a football star and three other sports movies that I don't know enough about to talk about, so we're just going to pretend I didn't see it. There was something involving a girl named Flora, and she has a pet squirrel that is her sidekick. Oh, yes, Flora and Ulysses. There we go. An original movie, February 19th on Disney+. Plus. What is it about? I don't know, but she seems to like comic books, and there's a squirrel involved, and the squirrel seemed to have some kind of superpowers. There's also going to be an animated Diary of a Wimpy Kid movie, which will thrill my sister. And I never, ever thought I would be watching a Disney live stream and see Ice Age advertised. But we are apparently doing a new Ice Age movie, and I guess that's something that Disney now owns the rights to. It was news to me. The cast of Disney's The Little Mermaid, the live-action version, was revealed. We kind of knew most of these people already. Halle Berry, Debbie Diggs. For some reason, though... Disney has decided to make a live action film for Chippendale Rescue Rangers. How is that gonna work? I don't know. It's gonna have John Mulaney as Chip and Andy Samberg as Dale, so it seems like good casting, but I'm still scared. Um, I loved Rescue Rangers, so I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens. There's also gonna be a live action Pinocchio and a sequel to Enchanted called Disenchanted. Jungle Cruise is supposed to finally come out in July 2021. I feel like we've been promised this movie for so long that I've kind of given up on actually seeing it. There's also apparently going to be a Lion King prequel. I asked my boyfriend, why are they doing this? And he was like, for the dollars. 
The last thing to discuss coming from Disney Animation is the movie that I think is going to be my new obsession, Encanto. This movie is a magical realism-themed movie, a.k.a. my favorite genre. It takes place in Colombia. A magical family lives in a magical home. It has music from Lin-Manuel Miranda. Are you guys tired of Lin-Manuel Miranda? Sometimes I feel like I'm being a hater, but I'm just kind of tired of his voice. I feel like I've heard it a few too many times over the past couple of years. But anyway, I'm very excited about that. Encanto is coming out this fall, so that will be wonderful. All right, let's talk about Pixar now. Pixar has a bunch of new shorts that will appear on Disney+. Plus. One is called Doug Days, featuring the dog from Up as he tries to adjust to suburban life. The trailer looked really cute. There were a lot of puppies involved. That is coming out fall 2021. There's also going to be a car series about Lightning McQueen and Mater driving around the country. That will come out in fall 2022. There's also going to be an original series called Win or Lose, and that will come out in fall 2023. The next feature film from Pixar is called Luca. It is coming out June 2021 in theaters. The description is a celebration of the friendship between a boy named Luca and his best friend Alberto during their unforgettable summer. I feel like we've had Luca in development for just a ton of years, so it'll be nice to finally see that release. I think this movie looks really dreamy. I definitely get a great summer vibe just watching the trailer. It just feels warm. So I'm sure that that will be wonderful whenever it comes out. However, more exciting in my opinion is this movie called Turning Red. Turning Red is by the director of the short Bow, and it's about a teenager named May who is coming of age, but whenever she gets too excited, she transforms into a giant red panda. I love it. It comes out March 11th, 2022 in theaters. An interesting twist, a movie about Buzz Lightyear. It's coming out June 17th, 2022, and it's being voiced by Chris Evans. That's right. See you later, Tim Allen. You're apparently too old to do this. But seriously, I think that transitioning the franchise to Chris Evans is a really smart move, although I am not looking forward to people being hot for Buzz Lightyear. This movie is supposed to be the definitive story of the original Buzz Lightyear. Apparently, this is not about Buzz Lightyear the toy, but it's about the human Buzz Lightyear that the toy is based on. Has Disney forgotten about the hallowed TV series? Buzz Lightyear of Star Command? Because we already know the origin of Buzz Lightyear. We've known since October 2000. Is this a reimagining of it? Is this just a remake of it in CGI? I do think Buzz Lightyear of Star Command was not a very popular TV series based on the fact that nobody ever knew what I was talking about back in 2000 whenever I tried to reference it. Maybe it is time to reboot it. Let's move on to Marvel Studios. WandaVision is finally coming out January 15th. People have waited long enough. Give the people what they want. There was a new trailer. It looked really good. I really love Elizabeth Olsen. I will dare to say that she is now my favorite Olsen sister. And it was, it was tough. I was a big Olsen twin fan. As a child, I loved all of the Mary-Kate Nashley books. I love the detective ones, especially. But I really think that Elizabeth Olsen is incredibly talented and incredibly beautiful, and I think I love her. So that is that, finally coming out January 15th. Also, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, an original series, will start streaming March 19th. There is also going to be an original series about Loki coming out May 2021. It looked pretty serious, pretty dark. Good for them. They are going for it. Also really thrilling to me, Ms. Marvel, a new original series, will be coming out late 2021 to Disney+. Plus. I really love Ms. Marvel. I've read the comics. She's a Pakistani-American teen in New Jersey, but she fights crime, and she's super cool. 
and very inclusive. And it's really nice to see a story like that that most people would not have grown up with. There's also going to be a series about Hawkeye, which I really want to care about, except for the fact that Hallie Steinfeld is in it. So that makes it obviously a lot more exciting. Also a series about She-Hulk, another comic series that I really loved because She-Hulk is a lawyer. So it appealed to me as I was starting law school. They're apparently also filming a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special for Disney+, Plus, but it didn't have a release date. They are also making an I Am Groot series of shorts, but no release date that I wrote down at least. An interesting twist, they are making a Fantastic Four movie. This franchise has been property of Fox for so long, so it's interesting to see Disney finally get a crack at this. And I think that may have been all of the major Marvel announcements... Trying to check. There were a few casting announcements. Christian Bale's joining the next Thor, but nothing too major. I think it is important to mention that Marvel confirmed it's not going to recast Chadwick Boseman, but they're still going to make a Black Panther 2. Um, a really difficult choice for them, I'm sure. I'm so glad that they're not recasting him, though. It's just, it's just a terrible situation to find themselves in. Um, but I'm glad that his legacy is going to carry on. So on that note, Disney said that they are going to aim for 100 plus new titles per year, which is completely insane. Their goal by 2024 is to get to 230 to 260 million subscribers across all of their direct-to-consumer platforms, meaning Disney+, Hulu, and ESPN+. Also, something else that I think is very interesting going forward is that Disney will now be organized into two different business units. The first will be Disney Media and Entertainment, and the second will be Disney Parks, Experiences, and Products, and that's it. Nothing else. No longer will it be operating under four business segments with Media Networks, Studio Entertainment, Direct-to-Consumer, and Parks, Experiences, and Consumer Products. Now, it's just two. So that will be very different whenever next earning call rolls around. Next time we look at the financial statements, it's going to be a lot less pages. So that's just kind of an interesting twist. I think that honestly, for a long time, it's been a little bit difficult to see the difference between media networks, studio entertainment, and direct-to-consumer. So I think it's kind of nice that it's all going to get blended into one. Chapek also did talk a little bit about the reorganization at the top of the call, but truthfully, I think it was things that we all figured out already. Basically now it sounds like there's going to be a separate team that's focused just in distribution and they are separate from the creative team. And it kind of sounds like the distribution team is going to come and tell the creative team what to make. It sounded like the distribution team is going to be assessing what consumers want and then reporting that to the creative teams. We'll see how that goes. So with that, I think that that was the Investor Day 2020 live stream. Wow, we got through it. I hope that you enjoyed this recap. Four hours was a really long time for me to sit through it. What are you most excited about? I think I'm most excited for Encanto. And then maybe probably the Tiana TV series and the Nigerian sci-fi series. I think that looks really cool. That concept art, I hope that's what they actually use as the art form throughout the series because it just looks incredible to me. All right, with that, I think we have concluded another episode. Everybody take care and I will talk to you next time.